All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Happy American Thanksgiving, or as NHL fans probably uh, know it as, the, the quarter mark of the NHL season. And here's a fun fact for you. Maybe I shouldn't use the word fun. If you're not in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving, you only have a 23% chance of getting in. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. And that's where we're going to start with today's lead. Another ugly, ugly performance by the Edmonton Oilers as they fall 3-0 to the New York Islanders. And they fall to 10-10 on the season through 20 games. We are at the, well, basically 25% mark of the NHL season. And things have gone very bad for the Edmonton Oilers, a team that was favored to win the Pacific Division heading into the year, is now sitting here on American Thanksgiving on the outside of the playoff picture in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference, fifth in their own division, tied for 10th in the conference. They have flat out not been good enough. They have just three wins in their last 10 games, and their road trip out to the East Coast has gone about as bad as it possibly could through two games it's brutal. It's looking grim right now, if we're being honest with you. Moneypuck.com has the Oilers at just a 20% chance of making the playoffs. And yes, you could sit there and line up the excuses. Evander Kane's hurt. Kyler Yamamoto hasn't really been healthy all season. Jack Campbell's been subpar. 
But there are a lot of reasons to be legitimately concerned about this team. The blue line is nowhere near good enough, and yet it's been healthy. The depth pieces that we expected to take a step forward and finally give this team a strong source of secondary scoring, well, look at the list of scoring leaders on this team. They're nowhere to be found. Ryan McLeod hasn't scored yet. Yesa Pugliarvi has one goal. Devin Shore's been in the lineup for the bulk of the games. He hasn't scored. Klim Kostin and Matthias Janmark have been a decent spark and are doing good things, but they also haven't scored yet. It's just not looking good. Flute says it in the chat. Looking bad right now, and I agree, man. Uh, as always, Oilers Nation Every Day is coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio, sportscloset.ca, Short Park Mall, St. Albert Mall, Kingsway Mall. Whether you're looking for Canada gear, Oilers gear, or something to uh, cross off your Christmas shopping list, Sports Closet has it all for the sports fan in your life. Uh, let's bring in our pal Liam Horobin, who we'll, we'll get to the hockey in a second. But we didn't plan this. I did remember no. you were a Lions fan, but your Lions are taking on my Bills right now. And we're, we're one of the hottest teams in the league. Two wins in a row. The Bills don't want to be messing with the Lions right now, I'm telling you. We are, we're down right now at halftime, but we're coming back. Down by three <laughs> at the half, my man. Also, yesterday you were not on the show. Some people thought you were avoiding the grind, but you were streaming a watch party for the Canada match against Belgium. That was a lot of damn fun. Let's get, let's not even talk about the Oilers game yet. Yes, Canada <laughs> didn't get the result that they were looking for, but they were the better team in a match against the second-ranked country in the world? Yeah, the only comparison between the Oilers and Canada last night was the fact that both of them couldn't score a goal. Um, but overall, the Canadian performance was significantly better. There's a lot to be proud of from the game yesterday and going into Croatia, which uh, is on Sunday. I, I won't be on the stream on Sunday because I'll be in lovely Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. But there will be another stream on the 90th minute <laughs> YouTube, Twitch and Twitter page. So check that out. I believe the game's at nine o'clock in the morning if you're up for that. It is 9 o'clock in the morning. It should be a fun Sunday for sports fans, especially Canadian sports fans. Uh, let's talk about that hockey game last night. You said it, man. 50 shots on goal for the Edmonton Oilers. 34 of them coming at 5-on-5. Five five. I, I do a radio hit every week on TSN 1260, and today I said last night was the worst 50-shot performance I've ever seen from a team. I At the end of the game, I watched with my dad last night, and he said there is no way that team had 50 shots. There's no way I just sat through 60 minutes of hockey and were not entertained. Like, the Oilers barely challenged him. Like, yes, I know. Of course, they put 49 shots on whatever it was. He made a couple was, good saves, but, like... Sure, but the, when you're 50, like, there should be tons of saves. Like, wow, they got goalied. I don't even know if they got goalied. I don't know if they put enough pressure on him to legit get goalied. I just think the Oilers weren't capitalizing. They just didn't do enough. And this has just been the tale for so long. You put so much pressure on one end of the ice and they go down the other and they score. And there's no blame on, from Jack Campbell on me for this one. I don't think any of the no. goals last night were his fault. I thought he actually played very well. Uh, but overall, like this team is not even close to what they should be right now. Yeah, and that's a great way to put it. And I know some people are going to sit there and say, oh, strength of schedule, strength of schedule. Coombsy and I talked about that earlier in the week. I'm looking right now, HockeyReference.com has their own strength of schedule metric, which, I mean, you can buy or you cannot buy. I, I don't really care. The Oilers are right in the middle of the conference. Their schedule mm -hmm. has been, like, borderline difficult, I think. And the numbers kind of reflect that. And if you're sitting there going, oh, well, we're just going to wait for the schedule to get easier. Okay, let's take a peek at where things go. You got the Rangers on Saturday. They're a damn good team. 
They went to the Final Four last year. Florida's starting to pick up the pace a little bit, and they're healthy. You get Chicago at the end of the month. Okay. You start next month, Minnesota, Montreal, Washington, Arizona, Minnesota. There's no world beaters there, but Montreal has stunned a handful of teams this season. Minnesota is, let's check. Oh, yeah. Ahead of you in, or tied with you in the standings. And they have one less game played. So Minnesota has a better points percentage than you. You can't count that as an easy game. Arizona and then a Washington team that beat you a couple of weeks ago on the road uh, when you went to Washington. So I, I don't think you can sit there and be like, oh, well, when the schedule gets easy, the Oilers will rat. That's not it. The schedule no. is not going to be the reason this team gets back in the playoff push. Them playing better will be the reason they get back into the playoffs. It's cliche, but it's true. Like, there's no easy nights in the NHL. Every single team is is good at one thing or another, and they're going to challenge the Oilers at every step. And I guess to be honest, I don't think teams are necessarily beating the Oilers. I think they're beating themselves. I think the issue is within that locker room right now, and they have to figure it out because they are a good team with a lot of good players and a lot of players that are massively underperforming. And it's not good enough. And even when you get a good performance from Campbell, you still can't find a way to get some stuff done. Now that's that's twice now this season the Oilers have, Oilers have been shut out on a decent Jack Campbell performance. Yeah, he had a 903 save percentage last night. Like he was far from the problem. Uh the Oilers power play was absolutely abysmal last night. Mm-hmm. And if I had a word that's like worse than abysmal, I would have used that. Not only did they go 0 for 5, but they gave up a shorthanded goal as well. And that was the moment that really seemed to suck the life out of them. And again, yes, they went on to get all those shots on net. It was awesome. Great. They got a good amount of them on the power play because they were, again, given five power plays in last night's game. And you're right. They wasted a good performance from Jack Campbell. You go up and down that lineup, just not enough guys willing to do the tough things. Yeah, okay, you get a power play. You can zip it around the zone for 45 seconds and get a shot on net. That is tremendous. Who was going hard to the net? There was one play in particular that drove me nuts. The Oilers, after however long of zone time, they get a look from Darnell Nurse, and he fires the damn thing. And there were two players. I think one of them was Hyman. One of them might have been Holloway because it was at the tail end of a power play. Who, Or maybe it was Pugliarvi and Holloway. They move right to the side of the net, and Sorokin has a clear look at it. Mm-hmm. Get in front. Be a shit disturber. I'm allowed to say that. Be a shit disturber. Make life difficult on the opposition. And this Oilers team, top to bottom. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl make life difficult with their skill. Zach Hyman works hard. Everyone else is soft. They are unbelievably soft. Clem Costin's doing his best to change it, and I like him. He'll be staying in the lineup for a long time. But they're soft. We can just call it like it is. This is a very, very soft team, and I've never been one to be like, oh, you need toughness. on." But you need to forecheck hard. You need to hit someone. How? When was the last time an Oilers forward laid a hit that made you be like, damn, that was impressive. That's a good turnover. McDavid against LA when he hammered Edler. <laughs> he had to get woken up that, to do it. That was the only other time I can think of other than that Edler one is in that same game when Dreisaitl and McDavid both forechecked really hard and Hyman got the goal off the turnover. It's the only time. Yeah. This like Last night, the only one I can truly recall was like, oh, wow, that was a hit, was Klim Costin with like two and a half minutes left. And it's like, come on, are yeah. we really leaving it till this late in the game to put in an effort? And that's it. That seems to be the issue. It feels like this team feels like they should just be automatically in the Stanley Cup final. So I know you have to earn your way to get there. And being 10 at 10 at American Thanksgiving is simply not good enough in probably the worst division in the NHL. 
and we're not in a playoff spot. It is unacceptable, to be honest. Like, you cannot have a team with Drysdale and McDavid and sit there at 10 and 10 and have Fogel, Pujarvi, Yamamoto, Bouchard, McLeod, with a ham- what have they got? Four, five goals combined? It's on it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I, I don't know. Should we? There's a lot of people who are blaming Ken Holland about this. I don't know if you can really put the blame on him when guys are literally not producing and you were the sixth highest scoring team in the NHL last season. How is that his fault? Like, he should go into the season and be like, yep, this lineup is deep. Yes, we have issues on the blue line. Everyone knew that. They didn't address it. He goes to the cap on everything, and now we just can't score goals. It doesn't make – it's mind-blowing. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Ryan McLeod has three goals on the season. Kate, sure. He's you're right. Like the bottom six last night, Yanmark, McLeod, Costin, Holloway, Malone, Ryan has combined for five goals on the season. If you lump Pugliarvi into that and kind of divide it into the top half of the roster and the bottom half, they got six goals. They're just not good enough. Uh, we are streaming to you live on the Nation Network YouTube. If you're watching there right now, do me a solid and hit that like button. And I'm going to dig into some of your comments here. I'm also asking you all the big question of how many Oilers would you give a passing grade to? so far at the 25% mark of the season. And I'll give you my answer in just a second here. Uh, Pradinsky, Pradneski, sorry. The team is very concerning and frustrating to watch. How is it that they buy into Woody when he came in and now just look like old Dave Tippett Oilers with no driver, no determination most nights? Yeah, and that's the frustrating part is like the give a shit meter for this team is remarkably low. Uh, Kurdum says, I don't recall the Oilers having a legit defensive blue line since 16-17. I think the blue line they had in the playoffs last year was good. But again, coming into this year, we said they're a left-shot D-man away from having a blue line that is above average. It's below average. I, I thought it would be good enough to keep them afloat. I think right now their team defense is a big issue. It's not just the blue line. It's the forwards not playing good enough defense either. Bronx says, team has zero defense. We need Susie or Chikrin like now or in the next few weeks. I don't think Chikrin's going to be the answer that people think he is. You also can't afford him right now. Carson Susie, that team's ahead of you in the standings. They're not going to give you Carson Susie. It's ridiculous. QF Pro, if we got a blue line injury, we would compla- co- collapse completely. Yeah, man, I am, uh, I am with you. Like, that is concerning. You can talk about the injuries up front. Every team has injuries, man. Bison mask guy, Klim Costin over, Warren Fogel on the top line. Opposing teams are trapping him. Make make him force plays. Not good enough. I would put Costin up there. Why not? Flip Hyman back to the left side. Run McDavid, Hyman, Costin next game. Why not? Why not? Someone was talking about Ryan Reeves. Um, trade for Reeves, claim Simmons. Now, but here's the thing. like You can talk about toughness, but those two guys are just pylons like ryan reeves isn't gonna do anything for you he's not even really gonna forecheck that hard he can't skate wayne simmons can't stay in the leafs lineup i would argue their fourth line or bottom six is just as bad as edmonton's he can't stay in their lineup so he's not an answer for you either you need guys who can actually play and play hard even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right. The big question we're digging into today is our player grades at the 20 game mark of the season, 25% into the year. How many Oilers would you say deserve a passing grade? Here's my list, and it's a short one. Connor McDavid's in there. He's leading the league in scoring. Stuart Skinner's in there because he's been unbelievable. And can you imagine this team's record if Stuart Skinner wasn't doing Stuart Skinner things through however many games this year? Leon Dreisaitl's second in NHL scoring. He's been frustrating at points, but he's been good. Leon Dreisaitl's helped them win more games than they've lost. He gets a passing grade. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman are both almost scoring at 40 goal paces. They're both pretty much at a point per game. They get passing grades in my books. Nugent Hopkins has scored some big goals. Zach Hyman, from an effort level, has been probably their most consistent forward outside of the two big guns. So Nuge, Hyman, they get passing grades. Cody Cece's been their only, only consistent defenseman. Nurse has been inconsistent. Bouchard's been inconsistent. Barry has been has had good moments, and his bad moments actually haven't been as bad as kind of I thought they were, but or as I thought they could be. Barry's been eh, but Cece has been not turning over the puck, breaking up cycles. I've liked Cece's game. So this is it. These are your five skaters who I'd give a passing grade to. That's ridiculous. This team was supposed to be contending for the top spot in the division, the top spot in the conference. They were supposed to be gearing up and being a team that's going on a deep run. And I get that they still might. But you have five players, five forwards, who passed the smell test so far. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. There are a couple guys who I would say are close, but not quite there. And that's kind of the next grouping here. Warren Fogle has three goals. That is a lot more than, than some other players can say. I think at times when he's engaged and starts hitting, he's been okay on the penalty kill. Okay, Warren Fogle is close. Maybe not a passing grade, but he's like right damn there. Clem Costin, I would have put him in the passing grade if he'd been here all year. But, you know, he's only played five games. We need more than that, and he's got to score at some point too. So Clem Costin is close. Evander Kane is hurt, so there's that. Obviously, you can't control that. Um, he had five goals in 14 games. One of them was an empty netter and three of them came in one night. So outside of that hat trick night, he had two goals in 14 games. He was good, good. But again, he, he wasn't in the group where I'm like, he's getting a B plus or better grade or anything like that. So that's the group of guys who are close. There's a group of players who have been inconsequential. I'd say 
They aren't failing, maybe. I don't know. But Ryan, Kulak, Niemalainen, Barry, and Yanmark. Like, Derek Ryan scored a couple of goals. Good. Kulak has had some ugly gaffes, but whatever. Um, Niemalainen has been meh. Tyson Berry has scored a little bit. Some of the turnovers are bad, but he actually hasn't been the worst culprit on the blue line. So, fine. Matthias Janmark hasn't played a ton. He's been okay. So, there you go. That's kind of how I break it up. The names I didn't mention, Darnell Nurse, Evan Bouchard, Ryan McLeod, Yessa Pugliarvi, Jack Campbell, Ryan Murray, and Devin Shore. Seven guys who just flat out need to be better. You need more from those guys. A handful of them, Nurse, Bouchard, McLeod, Campbell, those are supposed to be like impact, impact pieces for you. Players playing important roles. Top four D-men, your $5 million starting goalie, and your third line center who is supposed to be, you know, taking a big step forward this year. Those guys aren't good enough. And it's a team effort. Some of you have said in the chat here, you know, Dreisaitl's not playing good enough defensively. Yep, 100%, I agree. There are frustrating moments with Leon Dreisaitl. There have been frustrating moments with Hyman as well. But on the, for the bulk of the season, they've been good. Um, Liam, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you back in here. Um, what, what do you think? My passing grades. McDavid, Drysaddle, Skinner, Nuge, CeCe, Hyman. Those are the only players I'm giving good grades to uh, through the first 20 games. Anyone there you disagree with? Not, not out of that group. I think it's hard to argue with those guys. There's the four forwards that seem to be every single night the only ones that contribute to the team. Stuart Skinner's been fantastic and given the team a chance every time he's been between the pipes. And yeah, while well, Cody CZ isn't going to provide a ton of offense, he's been fairly solid defensively. And I mean, compared to everybody else on the blue line, it's uh, hard to argue that he's not been the best on the team. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is hard to argue that. Um, Nurse Bouchard, McLeod, Campbell. If you had to pick one of those, who needs to turn it around the quickest? Um, boy, that's a should be that's a pretty tough question. It I'll is. give it to Bouchard because at least we've seen moments from Campbell, and at least we've seen moments from Nurse. We've barely seen anything positive from Bouchard tonight. Unfortunately, he scored on himself yesterday. Call plus minus what you want. Minus ten isn't good. Don't care what team you play no. on or what it means to you. It's not good. No goals. He's supposed to have a lethal shot from the the blue line. We were talking about him being on the power play, and he's just not producing. He's just not producing, and I get it. Like, we've talked about it a ton. Like, development isn't just going to go in a straight line upwards, I understand. But also, it shouldn't go in a straight line directly downwards either. There should be something to kind of balance it out. And he's fighting it hard right now, and he needs to be better. And uh, the same would go with McLeod for me too. Yeah. Uh, just looking at sort of the way things shook down last year. You know, there was that really ugly stretch. And granted, you know, like, things were looking grim for the Oilers. <clears throat> In January last year, last year on January 20th, they lost their seventh game in a row to the Florida Panthers and dropped to 18 and 16. And they found a way to turn it around, right? Like they were out of a playoff spot, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were out of a playoff spot later in the year than they were right now. So, and I see uh, fighting Amish. How do you how do you feel about the metric of if you're out of the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, you will not make the playoffs? The odds are now stacked against the Oilers. They're going to have to play really good to catch some teams. If you want to look at some positives, there are a lot of important head-to-heads that they haven't played yet. They've burnt their two games or two of their three games against Calgary, but you have three more against Vegas. You have three or four more against Seattle, 
and then you're going to play the LA Kings a few more times, and you haven't played a lot of the bottom feeders in your division very much. You have one game against Vancouver, I believe. You got to play San Jose still, got to play Anaheim still. So there are some important Pacific Division games, and last year that's what saved the Oilers was their record against the Pacific Division. So maybe that's your saving grace in the playoff run. Liam, you mentioned like it, it's bad that the Oilers aren't in a playoff spot and they're in one of the worst divisions in the NHL. The flip side of that would be you still get to play a lot of teams in your division and it's the worst division in the NHL. So so maybe that saves you a little bit here. Um, heading back to the comment section, Brent says this whole team is a joke defensively. Leon plus one, Connor plus one. They lead the league in points, but are barely plus players. These are the team leaders, plain and simple, terrible defensively. I think, I, I, I don't call McDavid terrible defensively at all. I think McDavid is fine defensively. There's one goal this year where I didn't like his effort in the D zone. It came against Carolina. Drysaddle's had a couple of moments that leave you scratching your head, but like you, you can't place a lot of the blame on those two. They're superstars. They're good in their own end. And you can throw plus minus at me. I mean, those guys also have to go head to head with the other team's best players a lot. And I think that's important context when you look at something like that. And they do damage on the power play. That's fine. You know, having a good power play is not like a burden on this team. It's it's a legit weapon that they can use. It wasn't it was awful last night. So Darnell says, we need a Tom Wilson type player. If the next 20 games are the same, we need to shake up RNH for Wilson. If you're looking for a trade like that, you're not, you're not getting that in season. I agree, like a Tom Wilson type would be great, but Tom Wilson types don't just grow on trees. You're not going to go randomly pluck a Tom Wilson from nowhere, but they do, need to, they do need to add some element of being tough to play against in this bottom six. That's a big need. I talked about this on Oilers Nation Radio uh, on Tuesday, but they're clearly more than a piece away. They need a D-man. They probably need a good defensive centerman because that's the other thing, too. We're talking about their defense and their blue line and all that stuff as I just kicked my camera. My bad. There you go. Reset it. Um, a good defensive center will also help, right? Like, it's team defense. It's not just the blue line. It's more than that. Eric says they also play PK power play in most even strength minutes. They're always on the ice. And, yeah, like, sometimes your numbers ain't gonna, aren't going to look great because you're on the ice a lot against a lot of good players. And Ryan, the captain, Captain Felton, uh, lots of divisional games. Let's go. And that, but the other thing too is the O's got to sort it out before then because those divisional games don't even start for a while. Like their next divisional game is going to come against the Arizona Coyotes. And even in the month of December, they play Arizona, Anaheim, Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle. So they play like 15 games in December and only four of them are against your division three games against the Minnesota Wild is bananas. Like, they play them three times in 12 days in December. That's a weird scheduling quirk. They also play Nashville twice next month. A lot of Central Division matchups. Um, not a big Christmas break either. Only three days off uh, for Christmas for the Oilers. So, December is a jam-packed schedule. If you're going to turn it around, damn it, you better turn it around now because you're not going to get a better chance than that. Uh... Guitar Maniac. So Tom Wilson type is Evander Kane. Yeah, but this is the hand you've been dealt. You're not going to have Evander Kane until probably the trade deadline. So you, you need guys in the lineup to play harder and just play better. Brent Smythe. Yeah, good power play is good to have, but most of the game is five on five. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Like having a great power play, it can win you games. It has won you games. But the bottom line is the Oilers, they do need to be better at five on five. But I don't think that's even much of a comment on McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's more of a comment on the entire team. Like, yeah, they play a 
the bulk of the minutes at five on five for this team. But when they're off the ice, this team isn't good enough. I think they have something with this third line. When Costin, McLeod, and Yanmark were on the ice last game, more good things happened than bad things. And that is something we've noticed a lot with, with Costin especially. When he's on the ice, more shots on net than shots against. Need more players like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at five on five this year, there are seven players on the Oilers who have been on the ice for either the exact same amount of goals for and goals against or have outscored the opposition at five on five. Those seven players are Kyler Yamamoto, stunning, Devin Shore, surprising, Evander Kane, hurt, Marcus Niemalainen, and then CeCe, Barry, and Costin are all even at five on five on the season. McDavid and Dreisaitl are both at around 45%, 48% of the goals for share. Uh, Nugent Hopkins is 44.8%. Hyman's right there as well. Some players are just flat out brutal, though. They're on the ice for way more goals against than goals for. With Holloway on the ice, you're outscored 8-2. With Pugliarvi on the ice, you're outscored 14-4. Bouchard, 16-7. McLeod, 9-4. Derek Ryan, 6-3. Ryan Murray, 9-5. Warren Fogle, 9-5. Darnell Nurse, 19-13. Your number one D-man can't be getting outscored 19-13. But like again, just a laundry list of problems for this team. It's frustrating. And it's not going to get easier this month because you got to go Florida, New York in your next two games. By the way, our brunch for Ben Saturday at Soho sold out. So shout out to everyone who was supporting there. If you want to donate, we are raising money for a charity of the Stelters family choosing. You can head to nationgear.ca. There's some instruction on how to do that. While you're at Nation Gear as well, our Black Friday collection drops. Head over there. Check it out. Did it drop today? Liam, do you know, did it drop? Is it already released or does it actually drop at midnight tonight? I I don't know to be honest. Maybe midnight. I'm going to check. Ah, uh, it does it. Uh, 21 hours away from the launch of our Black Friday collection, we have a countdown, a little timer on NationGear.ca. So uh, lots of good stuff happening there. Also, our latest Nation vacation, an experience powered by AMA Travel. We're heading to Toronto, March 10th to 12th. That is going to be elite. It's going to be bougie, is the word. Bougie. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff. We got a box for uh, Oilers of Edmonton and Toronto on the Saturday night. Life's too short for ordinary vacations. NationGear.ca, another nation vacation traveled or powered by AMA Travel. We're going to break down or we're going to get set, talk more about a lot of this stuff tomorrow with uh, bagged milk. Um, I love all the interaction we're getting right now as well. A lot of you guys are fired up. Liam, let's get to our betting today. I don't know. I'm exhausted from just ragging on this team. Let's talk betting. There's no games tonight. There is no NHL games today. Ah, I'm you got assuming football, though. for American Thanksgiving. So, yes, I went with some NFL picks. So, the first one, Justin Jefferson, six and a half receptions. He got like three last game, but also Minnesota got absolutely embarrassed after being the Buffalo Bills two weeks ago. So, today I'm kind of looking at a big bounce back game for Minnesota, which also means if they're going to bounce back, Jefferson's going to do something. So we'll go with that one there. And then Tony Pollard, 18 and a half receptions. Uh, sorry, receiving yards. Receptions would be big. But anyway, be he had like a, over 100 yards last game. I'm kind of just going with a momentum pick here. I wonder if Dallas is just going to go back to him again after the success they had. So we'll go with that one. Tony Pollard, over 18 and a half receiving yards. And Justin Jefferson, over six and a half receptions. All right. I don't mind that. 
Betway 19 plus, please play responsibly. Your Lions just got a red zone pick from Josh Allen. Josh Allen loves throwing red zone picks. Um, yeah, American Thanksgiving, no NHL games uh, tonight, but I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of afternoon games on Friday. Because again, Black Friday, holiday down south. Yeah, you have, uh, we're going to have one, two, three, five games starting at noon mountain time or earlier. Then Ottawa Anaheim at one as well. Uh, the Oilers are one of the only teams that's off. They play Saturday morning in New York. Uh, we are going to be live at Soho for that show. Live at Soho. Going to be doing like a 10 a.m. stream that day for uh, Oilers Nation every day at Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show. Then uh, we are going to be, Liam, me and you, going to be jumping back to sweating out this Bills-Lions game. And uh, yeah. I do like your Tony Pollard bet. I think that's a great play. That's one of my, he's one of my favorite guys to target uh, today in the NFL slate. Yeah, that's going to do it. Another edition of Oilers Nation every day, a bummed out edition of the show, huh? Yeah, I guess to end on a positive note, the Oilers are only a couple points out of the playoffs. So I would give them probably better than what that statistic is of 23%. But I think yeah. the whole point of the show is is not saying the Oilers aren't going to make the playoffs, just why is this team not better? And questions need to be answered, and that's all we're trying to do here, I guess you could say. Uh, QF Pro says, if we play 500 until February when Kane should be back, we'll have to get 50 points in 32 games to make the playoffs. That would be a 25-7 and seven record. So let me go ahead and say, turn it around before February, Oilers. You'll do yourself some favors if you can turn it around before February. Uh, that's going to be a wrap on today's show. As always, live from the Sports Closet studio, Canada's back in action on Sunday. Head to Sports Closet, one of their three locations, pick up some Team Canada World Cup gear. Also, Oilers reverse retro gear in stock now thanks for tuning in on our youtube feed hit the like button before you close your window hit the subscribe button as well and we will be back tomorrow at noon mountain time enjoy your thursday everybody